Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Texas 24 Podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I am your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. And Ish, today we have a special guest, uh, first of hopefully a few coach interv- coaches interviews that we got. Today we have head coach at University of North Texas, Grant McCaslin. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And uh, Ish and I were talking before the podcast and, uh, you know, after the year they all had last year, uh, we're just going to look back at that and look at this upcoming season a little bit and then just, you know, get into some other th- questions we have for you. So uh, let's let's start with last year. Obviously, it was an up and down regular season, a weird regular season for everybody in the country. Uh, just what do you look back on and just remember about that regular season and just what y'all had to go through and just how y'all kind of managed it? Yeah, I think the biggest kind of takeaway as I look back on it is just how the foundation was built that even led to that. You know, guys like DJ Draper, uh, guys like Bryce Jackson, um, man, I think of the 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 Mike Millers and just how invested um, everyone had to be in order for that to even be possible. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of opportunities for those teams to play, you know, in an NCAA tournament, especially the year before with DJ. But the fact that we won, it just really validated, I think, all the hard work that got put into by everybody that was a part of the North Texas basketball program from the time we got here. Um, you know, the, the journey to get to the NCAA tournament and every team prior to that really had invested with that first team winning the CBI our first year here, the second year having the best start in school's history and having a tough finish with all the injuries. Then our third year, that team that won the conference but didn't get to compete in the NCAA tournament who had a chance, a legit chance to be a team that would win games in the NCAA tournament to last year's team finally you know, losing the last two games, which would have won us the east side of the conference or the west side of the conference to being, you know, uh, four games in four days in the conference tournament to win it. I mean, it just feels like it, it all that culminated in really a great opportunity for everybody to enjoy the success, maybe that they didn't get to realize the dream with their own team, but got to experience it with us all together in a tough year. Uh, that was ravaged with COVID canceled games and change of schedules. Uh, just a sweet blessing to experience. Yeah, I, I do want to hint on um, a little bit of kind of your 
instant success for a lack of a better phrase to put it. Um, you know, I mentioned before we started recording that I was, a, I was covering Texas State when you were at Arkansas State. And one of the things that stood out to me about that team and then about when you went to when you, your first years at uh, here at UNT was kind of the quick buy-in that a lot of the guys had. Um, and what, what do you think translates well, in particular for you, you know, defensively, that's kind of one of the things that I noticed from year, from when you're not there to when you're at a program uh, is kind of defensively, but overall, what do you think translates well, that kind of manifests into the buy-in that they have pretty quickly? Well, the, the first thing is, you know, we've got some core values that we, we talk about and there are three of them and I'm not smart enough to know more than three, but <laughs> Uh, I think is really important to us and I don't want to go into huge detail on it, but I do want to touch on them. And this is where like there's, there's, it's believe, serve and compete. And those three things we put a lot of value in one, you, and the first meeting I meet with our team, we talk about believing that we're going to play for a national championship. And I reference when I first became a head coach at the age of 27, I was young, had no clue and kind of talked about winning, but didn't know what it looked like. And that first year we went to the national tournament in junior college. I was the head coach at Midland junior college. We went to the national tournament, won a first round game in the national tournament, beat the number one team in the country. And then lost in the round, the second round, which is 16 teams left to go to the elite eight, uh, on a team that ultimately ended up going to the championship game on a tip dunk at the buzzer. So went to there and I felt like, Hey, I was happy to be at the tournament. I was like, Hey, our first year of made it to the tournament. I was like, but I should, my mentality should have always been let's, let's win the last game of the season. Like, honestly, that's our expectation. So everything else that we do in our program is positioning ourselves to win the last game of the season and football, as we all know, it's difficult to play in the national championship game from our level. If from a conference affiliation standpoint, just all virtually impossible. It's not virtually impossible for basketball. You get into the tournament, you can play in a final four and play in for an NCAA championship. So I just said, forget it. This is how we're going to approach it. Um, and um, that's, that's the key to our like standard that how we're going to approach everything we do is with that. And in order to go to the NCAA tournament, you got to win your conference because you can't win your con like at our level, you probably got to win your conference tournament. So it's not like you're jumping the gun. It's just sure. big picture perspective. This is what we believe and how we're going to approach every day. And then how we do that is we compete. We chart everything from the first day of practice. We chart who wins every drill, who wins every practice, and we post it and we make that a part of our everyday battle is how do you compete? And then ultimately we try to love each other and how we serve each other and how we live our lives is we try to put others, you know, goals, aspirations above even our own. And that's what allows us to, to, to maybe do things that people haven't seen. So we try to live by those three things and we try to do it every day. And we try to approach it with that as the core of what we do. And uh, I know that's kind of a coach speak answer, but you ask how we do it. And defense is not about yourself, as you know. Mm -hmm. You know, offense has a tendency to have that, how do I get mine? But we try to really value the defensive side of the ball because everybody's on the same level. And Bruni's been to a ton of our practices and seen it. But there's an edge. There's a competitiveness 
there's a no one is better than the other. We love and treat and coach everyone with the same intensity and effort, regardless of your talent level. And the expectation is the same for managers, for coaches, for players. And it's really the key, I think, to how you ultimately get everybody to buy into it because no one is more important than the other. And looking at the, the run y'all had in the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, how important were the seniors you had? And then also having the coaching staff that you've had for you know three, four years now at this point, how much does that continuity, did that continuity help? And where were the moments where you could tell that it kind of showed through? Yeah, great question. Our seniors that built up to that were huge. Um, a few guys that jump out just as a part of this team, and I know I've already mentioned them, but DJ Draper and Mike Miller. Mm -hmm. DJ was in the locker room when I first gave the deal, like we're going to play for a national championship. In the super pit locker room with everything torn off the walls because they were supposed to renovate it. And I remember like it was yesterday and two guys fell asleep in the meeting and DJ's on the edge of his seat, like really wants it. And for a guy to be sitting there and to walk it all the way through and to be in the stands at the NCAA tournament, just sobbing. And he came to every game of the conference tournament, just like every step. He would text me after our worst game. This is what I tell our guys all the time. Like, who texts you after your worst loss and the when you play the worst? Those are the guys, those are the people that are in your corner, not the people who text you after you win a championship. And we would play terrible. And DJ would send me a message like, Coach, I see some good things. I'm like, that was terrible, DJ. I didn't see any good things. But it's guys like that that you talk about the continuity who believe and still are invested in what we were doing. You know, he's a guy that jumps out to me. Zach Simmons was a guy that was our first recruit that I went into his house and talked to him about, you're going to play right away. You need to come with the expectation. And we, Zach's body was given out on him at times and he still fought through and gave everything he had. He became a great leader in our program who believed that we were going to win and his work ethic matched his, his belief. And then you have guys that, that understand how to, and then you have guys that join the program like the Javion Hamlets who take what we've done and, and who, who guys have come before them like the Mike Millers who believed, but didn't get a chance to, to see it. He took what Mike believed and added, you know, a, a talent level that was fantastic, but really it's his work ethic and his belief in himself and his teammates that propelled us um to winning so it was beautiful to see like everybody have their hand in it from that leadership transitioning to a Javion Hamlet who ended up being conference USA player of the year but our best season maybe we've ever had here was the year we didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament but won the conference and we were picked middle bottom yeah and their work ethic and we had a we had a pretty uneventful not a lot of great wins preseason, regular season, and just really built it through some tough times together that ultimately had the most wins in conference history our third year here. And you had guys that just believed in each other and didn't care what other people thought, except for the DJs who would come in and knew where we'd been and what we could do and believed in each other. And so fun to see that happen. It's yeah. when you, 
and now it's transitioned to what we did last year where everybody thought we were going to be good and we were still able to push through. So this, this team's kind of, this program's kind of done it different ways where nobody expected us to be good with newcomers. And we, when we finished it and when they expected us to be good and Javion Hamlet and James Reese and, you know, the Thomas Bells, the, the Zach Simmons, who the JJ Murray's, you know, who just said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to win it. We're going to play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And just uh, for, for those who don't know, um, or just maybe listen to this from different parts of Texas, uh, DJ Draper was a walk on when you gave that speech, he was still, you hadn't earned a scholarship. I mean, we barely seen him play up to that point. And so that's why that kind of whole story kind of is resonates differently, but that's an interesting uh, story there. Yeah. So I was, you mentioned, you know, kind of the, the senior uh, big senior leadership you had last year and you return a lot for this year, but I mean, you mentioned it, you know, Javion's gone. Um, Zachary Simmons, a guy who you were able to throw at Charles Bassey and, and Travion and um, uh, uh, Travion Williams from Purdue. He's gone. You know, is this, I, I always, I kind of hate the phrase rebuilding phase. Cause it's always like, it, it's kind of nebulous. It doesn't really have really a solid meaning, but um is this going to be more of a, you think by a committee year, or do you see there are guys who are like, um, I think Drez can maybe step up and be, a, you know, this guy this year, or, you know, what, what, what kind of is your early outlook of this team so far? We've had enough experience putting teams together that we uh, put a high value on winning. Uh, but the way that we win is through competitiveness on a daily basis and find guys that uh, have talent but care more about winning and love the process. Like, I, so to, to answer your question, um, I love how this has transitioned and our guys have learned to kind of recruit the guys that are coming in and the way they come here isn't saying this is possible. They come here knowing it's possible, but the belief and the reason why people come here is because they want to take it another step further. They're not just trying to figure out a way to chart the water to get to this point. You know, yeah. there, there is a higher expectation because of what they've seen. And Javion Hamlet is probably our best recruiter, really. Yeah. I mean, that's what's cool. And the guys on the roster are our best recruiters. So now we're, they, they don't have to come in here and say, how did it happen? They can say, this is what we did to get here. And I, and I do feel like we have a better understanding of how to win in our league, how to win at this level, um, what it takes, who fits our system best and how we can acclimate that quickly. Uh, so I'm hoping that the process is, is not uh, as long in regards to how we get to actual results of winning quicker. And we have a tough schedule mm -hmm. this, this, this fall. So in this winter, so um, I will tell you, I'm excited because we will be a little different. A few guys that jump out to me that are returners, obviously you got to start with Thomas Bell uh, because he's been here the longest. He's going to be what people have calling super seniors, you know, uh, who have he, this will be his third year with us. He's a Juco guy, but he got the year back and decided to take advantage of it. And JJ Murray's the other guy. So those guys have been here. They've been here multiple years. They've seen the ups. They've seen the downs. They were part of the crash losing. They were part of the winning. They were part of, 
you know, what it looks like. And I think JJ and Thomas give the best perspective of, of how we've done it. And we'll rely on them for different reasons. I love what Bruni was talking about. DJ Draper was a walk-on that earned a scholarship that ultimately ended up being as impactful on anybody in JJ's the same way. It was a walk-on. We gave him a scholarship took advantage of it. And I thought his play last year was pivotal for our team. And I think if you want to ask me like, what makes you great? It's the ability of guys that maybe don't get preseason rankings that have the most impact on our team. So if you're going to get a magazine and obviously you guys got, you guys do a great job with a lot of areas, but if you're going to look at our roster, you're not going to put JJ Murray as an all league player, but JJ Murray, when we started playing him, at Mississippi State last year and his on-ball defense because of our priorities, he ended up having the as big an impact as anybody did on winning in our program. So I can tell you that our guys come in here, I feel like knowing the formula how to win. So JJ and and then you got to go right to Mardrez McBride. You got to go right to Ruben Jones and right to Abu Uzman because those guys have won games and know what the practices are like, know what the expectations like, and they've been able to impart that on the rest of our roster. Newcomers, I think, that will make a big impact. you got to start with Tyler Perry. Tyler is different than Javion Hamlet, but his assist-to-turnover ratio is legit. He shoots threes at a high rate. He can really make right decisions. He makes free throws. He won a national championship in junior college. He knows how to win. He's not walking in here. He holds people accountable. I mean, I think he's going to be fantastic. People talk about Amir Wright, how excited they are about him. I think he's got a chance to be really good for us. But when I look at, you know, he's going to have to help us on the inside in regards to our size, but he can stretch the defense. Um, those guys came in here and we didn't have to talk to them about, hey, you're going to come in and you could be all league. We told Amir Wright, like, you're going to have to bust your tail, dude. You're going to work harder defensively than you've ever worked in your entire life. We just talked to him. Javion's like, coach is going to be on you every day. So they come in here not like, hey, I'm going to be a star. They come in here like we we they want to win. That's what Amir – that's the reason why I came to North Texas because he wants to win. He wants to play in the NCAA tournament. He hasn't the last year, didn't the last couple of years, and he wants to get back to winning. And so he's coming here because he wants to win, not because he wants to score 20 a game. Not to say he wouldn't, may not score 20 in a game, but I think the mentality of everything around it really is moving in a direction where it's pointed toward these guys pouring their hearts into each other and finding ways to win. And uh, it's really been fun to see it transition. Uh, you know, you mentioned the scheduling a little bit. And last year, I mean, that was, it seemed like, you know, something was getting rescheduled instantly. And like, you had like 24 hours, 48 hours. I think the, the Loyola game was scheduled within like two days or something. Um, you know, getting back into that routine of having, you know, at least for what we know, a more solid schedule, um, this year, uh, well, actually, no backing, uh, it's just actually a different question. How would, how was last year's scheduling? Like that seemed like it just like insane turnarounds, you know, what was the process like for getting some of those games in? Yeah, well, we obviously got a lot of games canceled that we had on the schedule initially uh, right out the gate. The Oklahoma State game got eliminated. It was supposed to be a neutral site game in Frisco. Um, the game at LSU got eliminated. Um, and then we added the West Virginia game within 24 hours 
Um, we added that Loyola game within 24 hours. Those were two like top 10 teams. Ultimately didn't know Loyola would be obviously what they were. And we have a lot of respect for what they did when we went up there and played against them. But um, it, it was difficult, you know, because we, we got our UAB series canceled right out the gate of conference. And, and I think it was handling the disappointment of it, but also kind of reading our team as to what games we wanted to play because it was hard. I mean, I, you know, as good as our team was, I wanted to go play anybody and everybody, but I'm not sure that was what was best in a preparation because it didn't give our team the best chance to win, but I wanted the experience and I just wanted to play games. Sure. And so it was yeah. just that fine line of like, do you just go play anybody anywhere just to say you can get in games, but right you're not really putting your team in the best position to go play West Virginia at West Virginia or Loyola at Loyola in 24 hours. I mean, it's like, because a, they're it's playing like a tournament, home, right? They've got the advantage. Yeah. They're not flying. They're not trying to figure out how to hop on a plane and get delayed and go through all the things. And so, I, I mean, I, as much as we wanted to play those games, I mean, obviously it worked out in the end, but that part was a concern uh, because I think our team did get tired mm-hmm. a little bit of trying to figure that out and it wore on us more and, we had the 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 big snowstorm here in Texas and across the country that we weren't able to even practice. And then we got paused for 21 days and not many people knew this right before the season started. So we only had a couple practices before we played Arkansas at Arkansas and it showed we weren't quite ready. You could tell our conditioning level wasn't good and we didn't try to make that public and it wasn't an excuse, but sure. because this team was so good and could be really good, we never really got a chance to put our best foot forward consistently early in the season until we kind of got our stride in conference play, you know, especially at the very end. So it was difficult. And, um, you know, I'm excited about our schedule, but we didn't shy away from anything. I mean, I thought we played really quality games and that's been, I, I think our best preparation. And I've learned that as a coach yeah. that playing a difficult schedule actually helps you in preparation because it, aligns truly who you are as a team quickly and where you need to improve as opposed to maybe there being some false understanding of your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun year last year. Uh, looking at conference USA as a whole going into this year and even, I mean, come off of last year where I think, I don't remember what the number was, but was it five top 100 Kempom teams, something like that? I tweeted out whenever that happened. Um, looking at the strength of the conference and especially y'all's division, UAB, La Tech, Rice, UTEP, UTSA, uh, just real quick, how would you just evaluate where the conference is and just how it's continuing to improve uh, year after year? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I everybody's going to say this, but I, I just feel like the quality of our coaches is great yeah you don't you know it's there's a there's a group of coaches that I think aren't trying to figure out how to coast their way in it's just like there's a lot of hunger for being really good and when you have that I think there's an improvement of learning and teams get better as the year goes on and I think that's what I've seen as a part of our teams that we play and there's some struggles in order to get scheduled games that make our schedule uh, that make our strength of schedule look good early in season because there's teams that have to go play on the road Mm -hmm. consistently which really makes that where your league is not going to have a strong of a schedule 
strength of schedule with yeah. wins component that makes sense. to it. So I just think there's a lot of improvement because the hunger in our league of the coaches is to be really good and they find ways to improve their team throughout the year. And, um, you know, uh, so that's one aspect to our league improving is, is just the quality of coaching as the year goes on. But if you're just talking about our team going into this next season and, you know, I was looking at it, uh, we actually have a lot of experience returning in this league. Mm-hmm. And the two teams that were in the championship game, us and Western Kentucky, I think we have like low 40% of the minutes and scoring coming back. Yeah. And Western Kentucky is the lowest in our league at like 38 or 37% of the scoring and minutes coming back. And everybody else is higher. You know, mm-hmm. you got the UABs and the LaTeX who have a lot of experience returning. Um, the old dominions who have a lot of experience returning Florida Atlantic Marshall has a lot of minutes returning, you know, Southern Miss has a lot of minutes returning Charlotte. And, and then you got new staffs turnover and rice obviously had a lot of success. They got their best players coming back. Their offense is tremendous. Uh, UTSA, you know, FIU, UTEP, I think with us, you know, a lot of turnover, you know, with, with whether it be, you know, staff or new players. Uh, but man, uh, probably outside of UAB and La Tech, probably not a lot of super high ranked teams, mm-hmm. but I think the level of play with the rest of the teams is, you know, top 100, a fringish talent level mm-hmm. and approach and difficulty to play against. So really impressed with just being around the coaches this spring of what we brought in and the transfers that we've been able to get and, you know, I think we've got a new schedule format that I think will be helpful because um, we are going to do divisions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first time we've kind of committed to this portion of it that we'll see how that plays out. And, um, you know, we'll play a regular schedule where you play your divisions plus crossover games with some other teams, you play your division twice. So mm-hmm. be the first time we do that and see how, see how it shakes out. And uh, lastly, uh, you know, Scott Drew, Baylor won the national title last year. You coached alongside him for um, before you got the Arkansas State job. One, how what was it like for you, you know, personally to see Scott Drew win, you know, kind of validate a lot of his career? Because I noticed that you were on, you were alongside him when it was kind of a pivotal moment in the like the national narrative surrounding Baylor when it was kind of going from, you know, uh, Scott Drew's bringing this program back to why isn't Baylor and Scott Drew kind of pushing on to that next level? What, again, you know, I'll repeat the question to what, what was it like for you to see him accomplish that? And then also at the time, did that ever get to him at all? Or was, the, or was it always just, he kind of kept his vision going forward? Yeah. Um, I got the opportunity with my wife to sit in the stands next to next to Paul Mills, Sam Patterson, Coach Driscoll, you know, some GAs and managers and former players like King McClure and Austin Mills. And, you know, it was, I got to be there in person to watch the national championship game. And I mean, and being at the bubble in the NCAA tournament while we were playing and it was just ultra sweet also because coach drew is the same every day. 
and people think maybe his energy is is maybe when you know it's only when the cameras are no it's legit Mm -hmm. 2 a.m in his hotel room you know while you're on the road he's got the same drive and energy and passion and positivity that is unexplainable he's he's one of one everybody's unique but coach drew's relentless passion and energy is something i've never been able to understand and i'll give you a couple examples one is you know afterwards when i'm trying he's texting me the day of the game about you know a little bit about personnel and scouting and but like did i get tickets did i make it in okay i'm like you know what i mean like you're playing a national championship game in an hour and you're worried about if i got in okay and if i have tickets you know i mean like you gotta guard drew timmy in an hour why are you worried about tickets like he cares about what if i made it in in time you know if i got tickets or if i'm in those he just he's all about other people all the time it literally is all he does he if you wanted to tell coach publicly that he does a great job you don't want to hear it and and, Mm. and like sometimes i don't want to hear i don't want people to say like you do a great job but i want to hear it you know what i mean i'm like oh yeah i did a good job coach is not like that little i'm not joking he does not want to take any kind of he'll just he'll just defer it and it's not his deal like he's such a moving forward kind of guy that is about other people it's remarkable it's really a beautiful thing so Mm -hmm. to sit up there with my wife and those people and to watch that for guys like coach drew and coach tang who were together jared nunes charlie melton you know alvin brooks who i won a national Mm -hmm. championship with in junior college and just to know the love of the people in there and how much they've sacrificed specifically you know you know jared nunes coach tang who was there when i was there john jacobs who'd been in the trenches with coach from the beginning and to see them hugging each other it's just like there's nothing like it man because the doubt came i would Mm -hmm. i'd be i'd be lying if i didn't tell you coach was probably bothered by it in moments Mm -hmm. that people were like our pro but it wasn't about him it was about the respect for the program because of how much was getting poured into it you know what i mean it was like he wanted there to be validation for all the other people that's why he wants us to be there and make sure we got our tickets a couple hours for a tip-off in the biggest game because it wasn't about him ever it was about us and that was the beautiful thing i learned it was it's a it's a fortune 500 company that he runs but he runs it in a way that you don't feel like it's about wins and money. It's mm-hmm. about the people that he loves being around. And we'd all be lying if we didn't say that it was big business in a lot of ways, college basketball is, but yeah. coach never made it seem that way ever. Right. Not once yeah, he took was- care of the dudes, but he made it about each other and loving each other. And it was one of the greatest examples of how to run a program that I could ever hope for. So, I mean, I'm crying in the stands with my wife, with everybody <laughs> as it's happening. And it's a beautiful moment. Yeah, I was going to say, looking back in retrospect, like, you know, you guys got criticism for not beating Kentucky in 2012. And it's like, that's the standard, you know, like not beating national champion Kentucky is is the standard. But it was like, it's what you guys had built up to that point that that was considered, you know, like, oh, Baylor didn't do it again. And it's like, I don't know, man, Kentucky's Kentucky. So I don't know. That's just uh, looking back on well, that. Well, the I, fact I, that they, they won it with one of the best defenses in the country, you sure. know, back-to-back years. And truth be told, they could have won a national championship. And I say we because I went to Baylor and played yeah. there, you know, sure. as an alum. But uh, I don't like saying they and we. I mean, we work here at North Texas as our family, too. But sure, sure. the fact that could have won it the year before, honestly, mm-hmm. maybe gone undefeated and rolled that thing out. So you never know. Sure. Yeah. And I felt like our team probably last year was maybe better, 
here. I was looking you know? back. At, I was so, looking back at the numbers I mean, for like, UNT. Yeah, same. It's kind of cool is to validate all that as a part of winning for that season. Coach will send Coach Mills and I messages like, you know, with all our scores of winning that first round yeah. um, on the same ticker, you know, and like I still laugh every smile every time I see this. And it really was a pretty uh, remarkable run for everybody involved. Yep. Yep. It was, it was amazing. Well, coach, uh, thank you for joining us. We won't take up any more of your time, but uh, we appreciate you for joining us and uh, best of luck to you this year, man. Yeah, my blessing. Enjoyed it. You know, I love being with you, Bernie. Anytime, brother.